Welcome to the Just Start Tech podcast, brought to you by Central Valley Christian School. This is your source for growing in your pedagogy by hearing stories from others on this journey just like you. Because learning never stops, it just starts. So here we go. and welcome to the seventh episode of the Just Start Tech podcast. My name is Nathan DeGroat, and I am a tech coach at Central Valley Christian School in Visalia, California. I am so glad that you are joining us again. I hope that if you have enjoyed listening, that you might head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a rating and review, as well as take the time to share this podcast with others. It has been quite a journey doing this podcast over the last several months. I've had a variety of guests from different grade levels, subjects, and backgrounds, and I hope you have enjoyed hearing from your colleagues. This will be the last episode of the school year, but I will definitely pick this up next year, coming in September. In this episode, we continue with the four C's of 21st century learning, this time focusing on communication. I share with you how we define this standard, as well as some examples of what this might look like in the classroom. Next, listen in as I interview Mark Branderhorst, a sixth grade teacher at CVC. Mark is finishing up a book report project called A Book Snap. He is incorporating several of the four C's into this project by having students do a variety of tasks, but pay close attention to how communication is embedded into this project. Lastly, check out the jump starters for some different ways to get your students communicating. So let's get started. For today's episode, let's quickly review those four C's of 21st century learning. They are communication, collaboration, creativity, and critical thinking. Remember that last episode we focused on critical thinking, and as I mentioned previously, really all of these C's are tied together. In order to make some meaningful learning happen, your students need to be doing at least a couple of these at high levels. In this episode, though, we'll focus on communication. Take a moment to look at everything around you. Right now, your brain is being bombarded with information through all of your senses, yet you are focusing your attention on one thing. That may be my voice, but it could also be something else. Hopefully, the main thing you're focusing on is the road if you're driving. The media knows that there are so many things fighting for attention, so they are constantly trying to grab it. Oftentimes, that is through the use of excitement and entertainment to stimulate our brains, and then they have a brief window to get their message across. I mention all of this because communication has changed, especially through advancements in technology. We aren't just communicating through speeches and essays, but we utilize a variety of media forms, whether that is through items such as infographics, flyers, videos, images, websites, or social media. So when we think of communication, here is the definition of skills for communicating clearly from an educator's guide to the four C's as mentioned in the previous episode. First, articulate thoughts and ideas effectively using oral, written, and nonverbal communication skills in a variety of forms and contexts. Listen effectively to decipher meaning, including knowledge, values, attitudes, and intentions. Use communication for a range of purposes. Use multiple media and technologies and know how to assess impact and their effectiveness theoretically. And finally, communicate effectively in diverse environments, including multilingual and multicultural. 
Again, looking at this list, writing is still an important skill. However, it isn't the only form of communication. The way that we articulate our thoughts and ideas needs to be practiced in a variety of forms and contexts, especially based on the audience. That also means that communication isn't a one-way street. It also requires that the individual listens effectively to decipher the meaning of communication. This means they need to practice taking in a variety of communication, whether that is through things like websites, blogs, social media, infographics, videos, audio, essays, or interviews. Each of these methods of communication provides different avenues for communicating. We can't just limit students to working with essays all the time, especially if that isn't what our culture is interacting with. You might be a bit skeptical saying that technology is ruining kids' abilities to communicate, but I would have to say that I think it's because we aren't teaching students how to communicate effectively with the technology available to them. Communication is a skill that is often learned by seeing it modeled and practiced. How could we expect kids to do this when we're only focusing on one specific way of communication? Now, I don't want to get too deep into this next part, but how can communication happen without collaboration? These are definitely hard to separate from each other, but I don't want to focus on collaboration right now. However, giving your students opportunities to practice communicating and working with a variety of audiences will have an impact on their communication skills. So let's look at some examples. In a world languages class, students could communicate with others who are fluent in the targeted language. Perhaps you have video conversations or even written communications, but students now have to use other communication skills because these people don't necessarily share the same experiences and biases. In a middle school geography class, students could communicate through a variety of perspectives, such as acting as a politician, a journalist, a local community member. Based on recent current events, students could apply a variety of media to effectively communicate, whether that's through a slideshow, a video, a journal, or something like that. In an elementary social studies project, students could work together to research an area of their state's history. Digital tools could then be used to create a presentation that teaches their topic to the rest of the class. This could include something like a written essay, but it could also include a slideshow, some different maps with annotations, a video, or an infographic. In a math lesson, students could apply real-world mathematics such as area and perimeter to design a room for a client. The client could verbally explain their vision and some constraints to consider, and the design team would need to be able to listen effectively and then create a plan or a blueprint and communicate how it satisfies the client's wishes. Communication skills are often higher order thinking skills. So having students explain their thinking, having them order their thoughts and ideas, evaluating how these techniques will get their idea across is a huge cognitive skill. However, oftentimes we limit the impact of these assignments so that students must complete them in a specific way and also deliver them to a specific audience, which usually ends up just being the teacher. Writing teachers especially know that the audience plays a critical role in a piece of writing, but it can be difficult to teach this concept when the piece of writing isn't actually going out to an authentic audience. You might have that audience in mind, but your students, they really know that it's just for the class or just for the teacher. Find ways for your students to connect with a larger audience. It's so much easier than you probably imagine. 
connect with a local classroom, a distant classroom, or an organization. Check out some of the jump starters for resources on connecting with a larger audience. share with you an interview with Mark Branderhorse, a sixth grade teacher at CVC. Mark explains a project that we worked on together for a book report. Listen closely to Mark's words of advice with tech integration. All right, I am here with Mark Branderhorse. He teaches sixth grade here at CVC. Mark, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background. I was born and raised in Iowa, attended Dort College, did teaching experiences at different places in the country, a couple years in the state of Washington, couple in Southern California, actually four and four in Chicago area. And I've been at CVC for 22 years. Okay. Of those 22 years, have they all been in sixth grade? First year was in fifth grade. And then I went with that fifth grade class to sixth grade. And I've been in sixth grade ever since. Okay. So yeah, lots of time in this position. Yes. One thing I always like to know from my guess is what's a technological advancement that you remember either as a child or as a young adult? I remember going off to Dort College in 1982 thinking that I needed to invest in a typewriter, electric typewriter of some sort because I'd be turning in papers for classes and I chose not to and make that investment. Wait till I get to Dort and see what's there. I was glad I did because there was a word processing class I took, which introduced me to the computer lab, and I knew that now I had all my word processing right there at my fingertips, and I didn't need to have my own personal device in my dorm room. I could just visit the computer lab. and Yeah, I remember when I was at Dort, they were always kind of on the cutting edge with technology uh, and making sure that they had the best available. Like when I was going through my education classes, they were getting smart boards and and things like that in there when they were kind of the new thing. So, yeah, it's always great to see, all right, what what's available to me before I go and invest in this new expensive piece of technology. So we're almost to the end of the fourth quarter here. Tell us a little bit about this project that you're working on with your class. What is it that students are doing? How is technology enhancing that? What tools are students using? And if some students have... Uh, finished or are working on it? How are they responding to it? Currently doing a book report called Book Snap. My students are putting together a one slide, a Google slide, where they are taking a picture of their book cover, selecting a paragraph in the book that was of importance to mm -hmm. the storyline that stands out in their memory. Then they would circle using a little tool device uh, where they would circle a sentence in that paragraph that was also of importance, probably the main important thing that stands out. And then they would put their own little questions, comments around the page, little emojis, like maybe question marks, things like that. And then they would use a program called Screencastify that would allow them to record their voice and they were asked to read that paragraph with expression and then to elaborate as to why they picked that paragraph and how it is important in the storyline. Then they would take that screencast that they've created and they would put it, import it to Flipgrid, which would allow them to send it to Mr. B. And I could see their entire screencast. And also other classmates can now access everyone else's and see what they did for a book report. And I would say roughly they're coming in at about a minute, a minute 
20 seconds in length. Mm -hmm. Very adequate. I wish they would ex read with a little more expression yeah. their paragraph. But other than that, I've been very pleased. And it's fun to see how many kids are viewing each screencast, yeah. each, each book snap. They've been visited by many. So Yeah, that's really cool because you're giving them kind of a bit of a choice in how they do this book report. It's not just fill in all these things, but there's some guidelines, but they have creativity. And it's unique to their book. They get to pick out what was most important to them or what they believed was the turning point and then kind of rationalize and, and justify that as well. I think like even if you had two kids reading the same book, you would get two completely different book snaps. They probably wouldn't even pick out the same section of the book uh, depending on their personal connections to that and, and things like that. And then, yeah, the screencasts, that's awesome because it doesn't have to be done in class. They don't have to present it in front of the class. You get the opportunity when you have a minute or two to go check those out and, and grade them as needed. And then putting them on a place like Flipgrid allows you to share them with the rest of the class so that yeah, like it looks like their classmates are viewing it, and that kind of gives the student a more authentic audience, too, that they're sharing this with their class instead of just the teacher. Like, the teacher's only going to see this, so I'm sure they put in a little bit more uh, creativity in that as well. So thinking about going through this project and your tech journey in general, what words of advice or wisdom would you give to your colleagues? What are some things that you learned along the way? And maybe you have some colleagues who are interested in trying something new, but they're just a little bit hesitant. What might you share with them? Well, they certainly can't be more hesitant than I. But uh, <laughs> no, I, we have an amazing tech support here. Nathan, uh, Ben, our co my coworkers, Allie and Tim, even my own class students. Uh, when Mr. B experiences a glitch, they're quick to my rescue. They are very, very, I guess I'd call them tech savvy already at grade six. Yeah. So they get it. So if Mr. B can do it, you can all do it. I would say just go for it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm not just trying to toot my own horn about uh, a good tech support or anything like that. But I think what you mentioned about your, your coworkers, uh, the people that you work with, I think we have that across all the grades uh, where we just have a good team of collaboration the grade levels they want to work with each other they want to try new things and and they're going to help support each other through that so if you have a problem and you can't get to ben or me i'm sure that there's someone right next door that can help you or yeah even your kids these days these students they're picking up on a lot of these things and for me, when I come in and I'm just observing your class and you're doing something on the Chromebooks, there's often times where a student will know how to do something or, or want to show you how to do something, and you actually take the time to recognize that and kind of have that person share a little bit so that everyone can, can learn from that. So these students, they're quick to pick up on some things and, and be able to share that with the rest of their class. So finally, is there anything else that you would like to share about this project or just technology integration in general that we weren't able to discuss? You know what? This is a very, it's a variation in book reports from doing the written one, like mm -hmm. you said. Kids like the, anytime we have Chromebook access, they like it. They can be creative, like you said, really not. Uh, I hope there's more avenues down the road. Nate, I will learn from you of what, what, what we can do next. Because two out of the four quarters this school year, we did do a mm -hmm. something on the Chromebook. I would say the other two were in these, if, the, if we surveyed my class, they would probably 
definitely choose the ones that allow them to be creative on the Chromebook. Yeah. They prefer those. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. There's a quote that says, innovate like a turtle. So that means we don't just have to jump into all these new projects and, and change everything at once, but try something new, see how it goes for you. If you like it, tweak it just a little bit, find a way to improve upon it, and try it again. Uh, don't feel like you have to overwhelm yourself with totally flipping everything and, and putting tech into everything. And I think, yeah, you're a good example of that. You've, you've had some ideas or you wanted to do some things, and so we thought of some projects that we could do. And yeah, and we're making progress. So Mark, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. I'm looking forward to sharing this with our listeners. My pleasure. Thank you, Nathan. I hope you were able to glean some useful tips from that interview. I really love how Mark is honest as he shares his hesitancy with trying new things. However, Mark recognized in himself that he needed to try something new, but not everything at once. Sometimes this means taking a risk, but as Mark mentioned, we have an incredible team ready to support you. Jump starters today, I want to share with you a variety of tools that you might use to help your students communicate in a variety of ways with you, with their classmates, and beyond their classroom. Let's start off with some tools for communicating through video. The first one that I want to mention is Flipgrid. I have mentioned this one so many times, but I do think that it's such a quality product that it has so many different use cases. In case you aren't familiar, Flipgrid is an online video recording platform. Teachers create a grid, which is like a classroom, and then add topics, which could be considered assignments. Teachers can add directions, time limits, additional materials, and other notes to the topic. Students can then create a video directly to the prompt or upload a screencast. Finally, you can allow students to respond to each other, creating a dialogue. This could be used for a classroom discussion, or you could use it to connect with students from a different school, state, or even country. Next up is Google Hangouts. Google Hangouts allows you to set up a video conference with other people, connecting to them in real time. Students can connect with experts in a certain field to interview them or have them present to the class. You could also conduct a mystery hangout, an event where two classrooms ask a series of questions in order to discover where the other class is located. Doing this event requires a lot of collaboration as well as critical thinking and communication with your students. Screencasting is another great way for students to create a video and communicate. The screencast can be an explanation of how to do something or how a student came to a conclusion. By utilizing a screencast, students are able to manipulate things on the screen as well as draw, creating a visual and text connection. By having students explain, the concept becomes more solidified. Next, let's look at some ways that students can communicate through text and visuals. In a recent video, I shared six different tools that you could use to spark discussion and use as a back channel. Tools like YoTeach, Nearpod, Google Jamboard, Padlet, Socrative, Google Slides, and Google Docs all have different opportunities for your students to communicate with one another, whether that is outside of class, during a presentation to ask further questions, or while observing a discussion or video. I'll toss a link to those tools in the show notes. Communication doesn't always have to be done through speeches or essays. One of the most effective ways to communicate an idea is to use visuals. In fact, our brains can process visual data much faster and more efficiently than verbal data. Consider allowing students to create some sort of visual to aid in their understanding. 
One of my favorite ideas for this is with infographics. Infographics are mainly visual representations of data. While they do contain some text, that text is displayed in a visual manner that makes it stand out from the rest. I'll toss a link into the show notes of a hyperdoc that I use with my students for creating infographics using Google Drawings. However, Google Drawings is just one tool. Sometimes students might need a tool that is a bit more accessible and can give them some guidance on a layout as well as some examples. Canva is great for creating stunning visuals with an easy-to-use interface. While there are some paid icons and features on Canva, it does also allow for uploading of content. So you could use other resources to get icons with Creative Commons permissions to use in your visual. Another easy-to-use tool is Adobe Spark. This is a suite of tools for making videos, web pages, or smaller posts and flyers. Students are given several different layouts to choose from for those who need some guidance, or they can just choose to start from scratch. You don't have to be a graphic designer to make stunning visuals anymore. Finally, here's your non-tech tool, because it's okay to not use tech all the time. Create opportunities for your students to talk with one another. Have them share their thoughts and ideas and then explain what their partner said, whether that is a share out with the whole class or even with another partner. These quick little breaks in instruction can make for some great impact and allow you to hear some of the thoughts that your students are grabbing onto. I want to end with this quote from Maimonides. Give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. I'm sure you've heard this one before, and it really points to the fact that if we could teach someone how to do something, how to use a tool, how to find what they need, they will be much more successful in the future. With the growth of technology, teachers are not the gatekeepers of information. Consider planning learning experiences that provide opportunities for your students to explore and create on their own. As students become more familiar and comfortable with these experiences, they can start making their own fishing rods and start catching their own fish. Some might be backyard pond fishermen and women, while others end up being deep sea fishers, but the world is their oyster. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, if you'd be so kind as to subscribe and leave a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Share the podcast with others who would find it useful. If you have something you want to share or want to be featured on the show, reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter at Just Start Tech or reach me by email at ndegroat at cbc.org. Remember, learning never stops, it just starts. Thank you.